You know, my dad has some very interesting sayings. Does your dad have sayings? I think that part of being a dad means that you develop some sayings as you get older. Um, one of those that probably pretty regular would be, money doesn't grow on trees. Surely most of our dads said that to us at one point or another when we asked for something. My dad always said, hey, if we all pitch in, it'll only take five minutes. And you know what? It was a lie. Every single time, it took way more than five minutes, even when we all pitched in. My dad was also well known for saying, nothing good happens after 10 o'clock. And when, when we were teenagers, I guess that was actually probably pretty true. Uh, well, not for me anyway. It was my siblings, actually. I was a great kid. My siblings had issues. Um, let's see, there's other ones too. Like um, You probably heard this one. Don't make me stop this car, right? You've heard that one. You're sitting in the back seat. You and your brother, your sister, you're fighting. And says, don't make me stop this car. And then, you know, the arm swings back. And, well, that just turns into a bad day. Um, some dads say, what, were you raised in a barn? Maybe you've heard that one. And that's usually accompanied by, hey, close the door. You're letting the bald air out. That might be more of a grandpa thing, but you know what I mean. And then, of course, there's kind of the all-time dad saying, which is, go ask your mother. Like, every dad at some point just says, go ask your mom. See, dads have these little pithy sayings that they like to use to try to encapsulate what they're trying to do or, or to give you some instructions. And you know what dads mean when they say them. Well, it turns out actually that Jesus has some sayings too like this, encapsulating what he wants us to do and particularly living in his kingdom. And today we're gonna talk a little bit about that. We're rounding the corner, everybody, on this series that we've called What If Jesus Was Serious? And we've been taking a journey through Jesus' longest recording sermon, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Listen, if you've missed any of those, I want to encourage you, go back to YouTube, go to One Chapel on YouTube, and watch some of those, because they've been really helpful and convicting and challenging, and we want us all to be on the same page. Because here's what Jesus is doing in this sermon. The Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' description of life in the kingdom of God. Jesus is saying, this is what life in the kingdom of God looks like. And so today, we're in Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to be looking at verse 12. But first, Matthew 7, verse 7, here's what it says. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then... Though you are evil, thank you very much, Jesus. Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Do to others what you would have them do to you. Most of us, if you grew up around church, you're familiar with this idea. And so I just want to ask you really quick, don't tune me out. Try to lean in and listen again and hear it again for the first time because we're going to work through this a little bit and right here we're going to work through it word by word and see what Jesus is saying. Now, we're going to look at the original language and honestly, I got to tell you, I, I'm really no Greek scholar, but here's, here's how I understand what Jesus is doing. He starts with the word, so. Jesus says, so, and he doesn't use it like nor most of us would use it. Like most of us say, we use so in, in, like to mean, who cares? No big deal, like so. So, so what? That's not how Jesus uses it. This is the Greek word, un. And actually, it means therefore. It means now then. It means accordingly so. 
See, what happens a lot of times is we like to take a verse and we pull it out from its context and we kind of miss what's really happening. This verse starts with, so, therefore, which means we got to take a look at what was happening before this verse. And before this verse, Jesus was teaching you and me that we should seek, that we should ask, that we should knock. He's telling us that God is a good father who wants to give us good gifts. He's saying that God is your father and he treats you like a kid that he loves dearly. And so you've got to take that love into the context of this verse. Then he says, in everything. Now, the Greek word here, it took me some time to kind of study through over the course of this week. And I got to tell you, the meaning is really profound. It means, well, it means everything. It just means everything. Just to be clear, in, every, in all things, whatever you can think of, in every situation, that's what Jesus is talking about. And then he says, due to others. This is the word anthropos, and it means human, essentially. This is where we get the word anthropology, the, the study of human societies and cultures. And so it's really interesting because he doesn't use another word that he could have used, which is adelphos, which means family, or brother, or sister, could possibly mean another fellow believer. So even though he's talking about fatherly and familial love, he doesn't use that word. And essentially what he's saying is, look, this kind of love that we're talking about, it should be extended to everybody. And he says, this sums up the law and the prophets. Now law, that's pretty standard language for the Torah or the first five books of the Old Testament. And then everything else kind of gets summed up in the prophets. So, so all the prophets through the Old Testament, and there's wisdom books in there, but, but kind of use the word the prophets. So this sums up the law and the prophets. What is Jesus saying? He's saying this is the pinnacle. This is the summary of all the law and the prophets. So when it comes to how you and I live in this world, how we treat other people, how we handle ourselves in every situation, in everything, the whole law can be summed up in one sentence, due to others what you'd have them do to you. So there's an old story about a, a Gentile traveler, so a non-Jewish traveler. He was traveling through Israel and he met up with a rabbi named Shammai. Now Shammai was a conservative rabbi at the time, well-known. And so the traveler went to Shammai and he said, hey, listen, if you can tell me the entire Torah while I stand on one leg, then I will convert and I will worship Yahweh. Well, Shammai, for some reason, was incredibly angry at this question. So actually what he did was he grabbed a stick and he started to beat the man until he ran away and left. So the traveler then went to Shammai's contemporary, and this was a rabbi named Hillel. Now Hillel was the more liberal rabbi at the time. So imagine that, you know, a time where there's a, a conservative and a liberal and they don't really get along very well. I, I just can't really imagine but I digress. He asked them, he asked the, the Hillel the same question. He said, tell me the Torah. If you can explain it to me while I stand on one foot, then I'll convert. Well, Hillel said, what is hateful to you, do not do to your neighbor. He said, this is the whole Torah. The rest is commentary. Now go and learn. So apparently in Jesus' day, rabbis would look for language to distill the Torah. Rabbis would have their own little phrase, their way of trying to summarize the law. So as you read through the scriptures, it seems like everybody was even asking Jesus about this. Like they were questioning him and challenging him with things like, what is the greatest commandment? In other words, hey Jesus, 
What's your phrase? How do you sum it up? So in other words, in our day, we'd say, hey, if you're going to tweet about the law and the prophets, if you're going to tweet about it, what's it going to say? And oh, by the way, it will be fact-checked. Jesus makes the statement here in Matthew 7, 12, where he brings it all together, all the law and the prophets. So if Jesus has a manifesto on the Sermon on the Mount, if you want to understand how this entire thing works, this is it. Verse 12, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do unto you. Again, if you ever went to Sunday school as you were growing up, like you heard this phrase. Most of us probably had parents who said this to us a time or two as we were growing up. Whenever you tried to steal candy from some other kid, oh, no, no, hey, we don't do that. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Give them the candy. You went over and, you know, you kicked another kid and they, oh, no, 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 do to others as you would have them do. Do you want him to do that to you? No, you don't, right? We all grew up with parents telling us things like this. We learn about this rule. And this rule, of course, has a name. You already know what it is. This is the, the golden rule. The rule is Jesus telling us how to live in God's kingdom. That's what the golden rule is. This is Jesus encouraging us. Hey, be selfless. Don't be selfish with your life. Some call it the reciprocal ethic. Sometimes it's called that. It's probably the most famous saying, well-known saying of Jesus. I mean, even if you've never darkened the doors of a church, you've probably heard this rule. And apparently it's called the golden rule because of a second century Roman emperor named Alexander Severus. And he had the, this, he had this inscription uh, written in gold on his wall. He's not a follower of Jesus, but in gold on his wall, he had this written down and thus it became known as the golden rule. But this actually isn't the only rule like this that was known at the time. If you look through history, you'll find that there are some other very similar rules that were popular at the time. And they're phrased kind of both positively and negatively. So here's one of them. There was a rule that said, do to others as they have done to you. And this was known as known now as the bronze rule. The bronze rule is do to others as they have done to you. Now, the ancient Roman philosopher and statesman named Seneca, he actually was known for this rule. And if you think about this rule, this is kind of how, how kids treat one another, isn't it? Like, this is how it works on the playground. Uh, if, if you pulled my hair, I'm going to pull yours. If you called me a name, I'm going to call you a name. It's fair. You did this to me. I will do it to you. And honestly, we tend to live by this rule today, don't we? Hey, you said something about me on Facebook, and so I'm going to say something about you on Facebook. Like, that happens all the time. You gossiped about me at work, I'm going to gossip about you at work. I'm going to tell everybody what you did. But it's not all bad, of course. Like, uh, it also shows up in the positive. Like, hey, y'all, it's Christmas season. And so somebody, they buy you a gift. And you're like, oh, what a thoughtful gift. I wonder how much that costs. Now I got to get them something that costs the same, right? I, I want to make sure that I match the generosity they gave me. They invited us over for dinner. So I got to invite them over for dinner. We got to make sure that we're doing the same thing. Of course, the problem is, is that many adults, they never get past this rule. And if you don't believe that, just look at most of the comments on Facebook or YouTube and you'll see it. We have a hard time getting past this. Relationally, we're stuck. We're stuck at the bronze rule and essentially we tend to act like children to one another. But there was another rule at the time and it's known as the silver rule. 
And the silver rule was, don't do to others what you would not have them do to you. Don't do to others what you would not have them do to you. As we said earlier, the rabbi Hillel, he was known to say this. And also the Chinese philosopher Confucius, he was well known for this more negative phrasing of this. This is like the negative version of the golden rule, isn't it? Like, don't do anything to them that you wouldn't want done to you. It's almost like a, it's like a more mature version of the bronze rule. This is the idea, don't cause harm to somebody else. And it was around a long time before Jesus. And I think that you tend to see it in our culture, don't you? Like people will say, hey, I won't push my truths on you so you don't push your truths on me. I don't want it done to me so I won't do it to you. We'll just kind of live our lives in this way. So when you look at these three sayings at first glance, don't they all kind of look the same? Let me look at it. Bronze, do to others as they have done to you. The silver rule, don't do to others what you wouldn't want them to do to you. And the golden rule, do to others what you would have them do to you. They all sound very similar. But if you really get to the heart of what they're saying, you find that they're actually really, really different. Because there's a big difference in not doing something that's harmful to someone and doing something that actually helps to relieve their suffering. Don't hurt others is not the same thing as love your enemy. Dallas Willard says this about the golden rule. The golden rule is devoted to the good in the lives of those around us. And this reaches far beyond the mere absence of harm. It aspires toward a remarkable richness in their lives, not simply the alleviation of their suffering. So we're in this series, what if Jesus was serious? So if Jesus was serious, then merely tolerating those who are different, it's not enough. We can't simply stop there. And honestly, most of us probably, we tend to live right there. I don't agree with them. I don't like them. They're a lot different than me. But you know what? I can tolerate them. I mean, shoot, I'll even be nice and fake smile at them from time to time. Like, I, I, can, I can do it. I, I, won't say, I won't even say anything passive aggressive on Facebook at them. Man, I am just like Jesus. That's essentially how a lot of us tend to live. This is not what Jesus is getting at. Matthew 22, verse 35, Jesus said, one of them, an expert in the law, he tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Jesus said, you love God and you love your neighbor as yourself. Now you and I, we know this. Intellectually, we get this. We've heard it a million times. It's just that it's really, really hard to live it out. Maybe, maybe it's happened. We've become so familiar with it that we can't even hear it anymore. We're, we're apathetic to the idea. And what Jesus is saying here to us is, it doesn't matter who the person is. It doesn't matter what the situation is. The general rule for how we treat people as followers of Jesus is we stop. We imagine how we would want to be treated and then we treat them in that way. This is what Jesus is getting to. This summarizes the law and the prophets. So when somebody cuts you off on the highway, what do you do? You stop. 
How would I want to be treated if I had cut them off? Would you want to be honked at? Would you want to be waved at with various fingers? Just pick one. Would you want that? Or would you want someone to extend a grace to you and think maybe they just didn't see me? So I'll just wave kindly with five fingers and I'll drive on. Then do that. When your coworker gossips about you, what would you want? You stop. How would I want to be treated? Would, would you want things to be said about you on Facebook or behind your back, your coworkers off in an office together, whispering and laughing together? Or would you rather have forgiveness? Would you rather have a quick conversation about it? Would you rather, would you rather them talk to you about something that they had thought about you? And you could work it out. Well, then go do that. When your spouse disappoints you, you stop. How would I want to be treated if the roles were reversed right here? Would I want to be yelled at? Would I want to receive the silent treatment? Or would I rather them come and say, hey, I just want to talk to you about what just happened. And if I made any mistakes, I'm so sorry. Let's make up. I mean, it, it, it happens in, in every situation. If you're in elementary school and, and you've got somebody who's, who's being cruel to you, what do you do? How would you want to be treated? Then you think about that and you do that for them. If you're in middle school or high school and, and your friends are leaving you out, how would you want to be treated if the roles were reversed? You figure out how, what you would want and then you just go do it. This is what Jesus is getting at. And if we could just get this thing down, we'd be living life in the kingdom. This is what Jesus is getting at. If we could stop and treat people like this, that's God's kingdom. You all, we're in the holiday season. We're in the middle of a global pandemic still. We're still walking through a divisive election season. And holidays, honestly, in a normal year, they're incredibly difficult for people. People experience extreme sadness, anxiety, and depression during this time. There is, there is a, a pandemic of loneliness in our culture, in our society. People are living in fear and dealing with all kinds of family issues and addiction issues. And lots of people, they just want to give up in this season. How much more in a global pandemic? John Watson, author, he said this, and most of you have probably heard this. He said, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. There's a well-known story about a, a man on a subway. He had, his kids were on the subway with him and they're running up and down the aisle and they're being noisy and they're screaming and jumping around. And there was a man sitting there reading his newspaper and he's frustrated. And eventually he can't take it anymore and he slams down his newspaper and he says, excuse me, are these your children? Would you please get them to sit down? And the father, he just looks up and says, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. We just came from the hospital this morning and their mom died. And I, I, I think they just don't know what to do with their emotions. Everybody that you're encountering right now is fighting a hard battle. The golden rule is Jesus saying, this is life in the kingdom of God. This is being able to look into the eyes of another person and knowing you don't know their story. You don't know what they've gone through. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know what they're going through right now. And you show them kindness and grace and mercy. Have you ever sat with somebody that lives like this? You know, an older man or an older woman lived a lot of years with Jesus. I have. 
And there's something about it. Like if you have sat with them, you know it. There's just a, there's a kindness about them. There's a, a patience, a warmness about them. They figured out the reality of this. And the reality is, is that empathy is at the center of the golden rule. It's the ability to understand, to be able to share in the feelings of another person and what they're going through. And unfortunately, you all, churches are not necessarily well known for this. And that's a problem. Like we are the ones, we're the people who are most aware of our sin. We're the ones, we know how much we've been forgiven. And we can still be the ones who are the most judgmental. We are the people who have been forgiven much and we should be the people who are the most empathetic. And we can be if we'll lean into this idea. Empathy is what's at the center of, God, of the golden rule. Do to others what you would want them to do to you. And so I propose that moving forward, we think like this. Like, Do you remember the WWJD bracelets? Most of you do. What would Jesus do is what those stood for. I think that we should make some more. And I think we should make some more about this, about the golden rule and what Jesus says here in Matthew 7. And what they should say is, W-W-I-W. What would I want? What would I want? If something was happening here, if the roles were reversed, what would I want? So that we're always asking, in this situation, what would I want? And that is how I'm going to treat them. That's what I'm going to do. What, what grace would I want? What kindness would I want extended to me in the situation if the roles were reversed? That's what I'm going to go ahead and give to them. Let's just decide, One Chapel, that we're going to start asking constantly in every situation, what would I want? What would I want? And then I'm going to do that. Rather than setting the bar so high, so high that we could, we could never hope to reach it by saying that, we should act like Jesus in every situation. We'll never be able to do that. The golden rule, instead, it puts obedience within all of our grasp by making our conscience the standard. So in any given circumstance, we can treat others how we would want to be treated. So if Jesus was serious, our conscience, not just our beliefs, are going to guide how we treat others. See, the brilliance of the golden rule is its universality. Like it can be followed by anybody, anytime, in any culture, as long as that person is self-aware enough to acknowledge their own desires and then be able to do that for other people. And by the way, that's what Jesus is saying here. Not just, hey, do for others. He didn't say just think about what others want. He says, actually, you have to take the next step. Most of us are pretty good at this. Like, oh, I know what I should do. I know how I would want to be treated in this situation. I know what is required here. I just don't want to do it. Jesus says, think about what it is and then actually do it. We're, ending the, we're nearing the end of the Sermon on the Mount here. And if you just circle back to the beginning where we started, you'll remember that Jesus said, blessed Blessed are the peacemakers and a whole list. And, and that word blessed is that word makarios and it means happy. It means giddy. If you've been around the church a long time, it means I'm fired up. Blessed, Jesus highlights that the kingdom of God is at hand and that God's kingdom is here for people that you wouldn't expect. That's how the Sermon on the Mount begins. So what's going on in your life in this holiday season? Are you lonely? Are you anxious? 
Are you so sad? Are you, are you stressed out? Are you just exhausted and you feel like you can't do it anymore? Do you feel disappointed with how it's all turned out? And you're just trying pretty unsuccessfully to just hold it all together. I've got good news. The kingdom of God, it's for you. It's available to you. It's for you. Jesus says treating others like we want to be treated, it summarizes the scriptures. It's so easy to understand and it's so hard to do, but I I have more good news for you and that is that the teachings of Jesus, they come with the Holy Spirit, which means you don't have to do this on your own. You don't have to figure it out on your own. You just have to ask him for help and he'll help you do this. Like we said, many others at the same time said similar things. But what distinguishes Jesus and his saying from all those other ones is that underneath this good and moral lesson is the love of a heavenly father. God who loves us. Remember how it started. The love of the father who said, ask, seek, and knock. He will help you. And what happens as we live this way is we discover there's actually, there's actually one more rule that we didn't realize was there. And sometimes we call it the platinum rule. And it's John 15, 12. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. The love of God, our heavenly father, it actually leads us into more than the golden rule. It's more than just doing to others what you would want done to you. As good as that is, No, this one, it seeks the flourishing of everybody and it does it through Jesus' self-sacrificial love. That's what Jesus did for us. And that's what we can do for one another. Everybody's fighting a hard battle. Let's keep our eyes open. Let's think about what I would want and let's treat people that way. If we do, we're living in the kingdom of God. I want you to close your eyes really quick. And I want you just to contemplate where you are with all of this. I want you to think about one or two difficult people in your life today. One or two people that you've had a struggle with. And I want you to ask, if I were them, what would I want today? If I were them, how would I want to be treated today? Just get them in your mind right now. Ask God to help you, to reveal them to you. And now just ask him to speak to you. Ask him to give you his love and his strength. Ask him to fill you with creativity and good ideas to reach out to them. And then commit to treating those people like you would want to be treated. Heavenly Father, we pray for each one of these people right now, asking you to give us the wisdom, the clarity, the ability, God, to see through our hurts, to see through our pain, to see through our suffering, to see through the broken relationships and see ways that we can help them, to see ways that we would want to be treated and we can treat them. God, I pray for just an onslaught of incredible healed relationships coming out of this season because we're doing what you said, following the teachings of Jesus. Help us to extend the love of the Father to everyone that we meet. Help us to know what we would want and to do it to them. Let us be marked by your love as your followers. Jesus, we confess that a bunch of us, we we haven't lived this way. And we're saying to you right now, we want to. We want to start. Help us. Help us. The best way we know how, we're giving you our lives today. We're surrendering ourselves to you. We're committing to following you. We're saying yes to you again. And we're asking you to help us to live like you've called us to. 
We bless you today, Jesus, and we thank you. And it's in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen.